is my dad, Noah, and every week we sit on my bed and have a conversation about something we want to talk about. And today we have a guest, Catherine Perlman, author of First Phone, teaching parents and kids all they need to know about having their first phone. Hi, it's nice to have Hi. you. Hi. Thanks for having me. Why do you think this topic was really important to write about? So I think that parents try really hard to keep their kids safe with their cell phones. But what I've noticed in the last few years is it's kind of impossible for parents to completely protect their kids. So maybe you don't have a cell phone, but your friend on the bus has a cell phone, or maybe even older sibling, uh, or maybe there's just a new scam that comes out your parents haven't talked to you about. So I felt like it was really important for kids to have a guide just for themselves to learn what they need to know so that they can make good decisions for themselves when their parents aren't around. Yeah, and I think it was it was really well written for kids for that tone of voice between the target age, I assume about probably eight to 13. Yeah. So, and then also all the advice for, for parents at the end, were there things as you were writing that happened in the world that, uh, that caused you to adjust certain topics or, or add to certain things in the book? Yeah. So, um, a couple of kids I knew had been scammed, um, and a variety of different scams actually. And so it was really important for me to talk a little bit more deeply about scams and phishing and that sort of thing. Um, And then also the research has just really been developing about how anxiety and depression are increasing for kids. And it is very tied to the time when kids got cell phones. So um, it was important for me to talk about that and about self-care, you know, around that. Why did you decide to write the book now instead of sometime else? Mm -hmm. Well, the pandemic happened and kids who, you know, maybe their parents let them be on screen time, half hour, hour a day, were now on the screen all day for school, all day afternoon for schoolwork, and also socializing on their screens because there was no other way to see their friends. So to me, the just the increased access meant that I thought it was even more important right now for them to, you know, talk about these issues. Do you start to feel a, a certain way when you're, you know, when you had Zoom school versus maybe if you're, you're watching something on the weekends, do you feel a certain way when, you, when you're looking at a screen for a long time? How so? Like? Like, does your, does your head start to feel a different way? Do your eyes feel a different way? Does your, does your body feel a different way? I definitely way? feel, if I'm on for a really long period of time, I start to get, like, headaches because I'm just not, I'm just not used to staring at the screen for, like, five hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're, you're not, you're not meant, not really right. meant to do that. Yeah. And so- I know a lot, of, a lot of kids would talk about how they were bored. Um, that they had a hard time like keeping their focus on the screen. And I was finding that even myself in meetings, you know, when you're in a room and pe- things are moving, you know, it's just somehow a little bit easier to keep your focus. But I think focus was also something that I know kids struggled with as much as adults. Yeah. You want to talk about some of your own experiences? Yeah. So, because you're also a child development. Um, I, at the park sometimes, my friends are just like on their parents' phones, just like watching TikTok videos. And I wanna play with them. So what should I do? Cause they just 
or just like staring and just like watching TikTok videos? Mm, that is a good question. That's a very common problem. Have you ever asked them like, hey, put your phone down, let's play? No, but I've asked them like, I, I've told them like, let's play. Like trying to ask them like, what do you want to play? Mm-hmm. To try and engage them. Well, that sounds really smart. That's what I would do is, is just kind of, sometimes kids get stuck on their phones and they need like a little, almost like a bell, like a reminder, hey, you're with real people now. Let's put that down. And the best thing to do is to say it in a super friendly way, just like you were like trying to find a game they would like, you know, say, what would you like to play? Or, hey, I'm going to start a game of this. Do you want to come? Um, you know, not to try and make somebody feel embarrassed about being on TikTok. Maybe they're anxious. Maybe they don't feel comfortable at the park. So they might be on their phone just kind of for safety. So I think if you approach them in a really kind way and just remind them, hey, we're at the park. Do you want to try this? Or how about this? And then if they say no, maybe give them some space and then try again another time. What, what else? Do you have any other, other questions yeah. about friends and phones? And also, my friends are eight or seven years old. And a lot of them have their own phones. And they do a lot on like, social media and stuff like that's what they all tell me and stuff so mm -hmm. do you think it's safe for them it's safe for kids my age to have a phone so I think it's safe for kids your age to have a phone for calls and texting on a limited basis and there's some amazing phones right now that can actually really limit what kids can do on them and for safety reasons some kids need a phone but um it's really a good time for kids your age to be on social media because I think it's very complex and um, it's hard for kids your age to know how to be safe in a variety of manners. Um, and even the social media companies don't recommend kids are on until 13 as a minimum, even though I know some kids are. So I did include it in my book because I knew, like you said, Eden, like kids are using it, um, like TikTok or Discord or Instagram. Um, but it's really not recommended. Yeah. And I also recommend for kids when they do start that their parents are involved with them because it is such a learning process. So when my daughter first got her phone, we let her just have Instagram, but we did it together. So I can say like, what's an appropriate thing to post? Or did you think about what was, you know, maybe in the background or what you were wearing or the image you're sending out? Or what do you think of this picture that your friend sent? Or how does this make you feel? So it was just part of our conversations. And I think, you know, if 11, 12 year olds are on just some basic social media, but with their parents, I think that's a really good way to learn. Is there, is there any way to talk to your kids about it? So social media specifically of how much self-esteem, how big of an issue it is that self-esteem is so attached to likes and views. Yeah. I mean, I really like having conversations with kids about like, Hey, here's an image. How does this make you feel? What do you think? Like, for example, people on luxurious vacations, um, when you might not be able to have a vacation or somebody who's opening gifts at the holidays and they have just tons of gifts, you know, just some things that kind of trigger emotions. I also um, talk to kids about the research. You know, there's a lot of research that's coming out about how especially girls are feeling anxious and depressed when using social media, especially for extended periods of time. So I talked to them about how the research was conducted, what the findings were, so that they can be at least more mindful of what's happening. And also to understand that these social media um, apps were designed to suck you in, to make you want to use them more. 
And so once you kind of understand they're developed that way, it makes it a little bit easier to adjust the way you use it and the way you think about what's presented there. Um, and then the last thing is that I talked about in my book about influencers. I think it's really tricky now to see what's an ad versus what's, you know, just somebody sharing something. And as we know on TV, ads are skewed. You know, we don't always know all the truth, what happens in an ad. And sometimes on social media, it's a little tricky to understand that. I've got, I've got a, a parent question. So when I remember when Facebook came out, I was a senior in college and I was at Boston University. So, and it was started at Harvard. So it was kind of, it was a New England thing, like certain mm-hmm. area got it first. So that was just a way to see other people's pictures, stay in touch with people. And as you get older, it's, you know, the same thing for, for me on Instagram and for Facebook to actually just see each other's kids' pictures mm-hmm. kind of thing. But should we be asking our kids if it's okay if we put up a photo of them? Yeah, it's really tricky. Um, I think yes. Um, partly because we want to teach our kids digital consent that, you know, if we expect our kids to be mindful about what they post about other people, I think it's important for us to um, ask our kids how they feel about something. And that the rule is that anytime you decide you changed your mind, you said yes, but now you would rather me take that down. We are absolutely going to do that. And how they feel if you have a public versus a private account and so on. Um, I think it is really important to ask our, our kids. And unfortunately, as parents, sometimes our kids say no, and that's hard for us, but that's, you know, we, especially when we see other people posting all their kids and their fun, you know, birthdays and events and stuff, it can be hard as parents not to kind of want to share our joy, but I think it is really important to bring our kids in on that because again, we're modeling the kind of behavior we hope that they adapt. Okay. So Eden, you're one of my first kid readers since the book came out, you got an early copy. Would you recommend it to other kids? Yeah, definitely. If they're getting a phone, I think it's important for kids to know all about that. Solid recommendation. And I really do think that it's a, it's a book that parents and kids can read together, that the parents should read the whole book and then talk to their kids about the specific sections. And it's absolutely one that when or that we'll talk about further and, and get into it deeper whenever she does get a phone. I, I do, I'm, I'm not exactly sure when she should have a phone, to be honest with you. I think maybe mm-hmm. in New York City might present a different type of opportunity if you start mm-hmm. moving around on your own instead yeah. of you know, where you're always just being picked up by a grown-up here or there. So more more for the, the limited text or phone call communication might be, might be the way mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. And I also think easing into it is a great idea. You know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, you know, start small and then you build as they learn. Good yeah. idea. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And once again, the book is First Phone. So you can get that wherever you buy your books. Catherine, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Well, that was really nice of her to spend time with us. Yeah. Again, the book is First Phone by author Catherine Perlman, who's also a child development expert. So you can get that book on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. Have you started to feel, so you're seven and a half. Okay. Have you started to feel that you want a phone or need a phone? No, I know. Okay. One, because we have the iPad. 
Yeah. And I just have a lot of stuff on there that's okay for my age right now. Mm-hmm. That that's safe for me. But also, no, because I don't think it's necessary for me to have a phone. I don't like. I don't need to text anybody. I don't need really to call anybody. If I do, I have FaceTime on the iPad. But I don't think there would really be any purpose for me to have a phone because I don't see how I would actually use it even. Right. So, right, exactly. Because that was my... If you had said yes to any of those, I was going to ask you, so what would you what would you use it for? What would you do differently now that you wouldn't do with one of our phones or or the iPad? But I think, I, I do think it's not just the phone, it's the whole digital safety thing so that you was talking about of scams. So that when you might be searching on something on Google or on YouTube and something pops up that says, you've just won a trip to Australia. And then you click on it because, oh, wow, I want to click, I want a trip to Australia, I want to click on it. And then what that does is releases your information to these scammers. So now they might have your name, social security number, credit card numbers, all your passwords, and then they're stealing your bank account numbers. So it's it's that stuff that, aside from just social media or screen time, right. understanding the scams, and we get a lot of those scam phone calls, and we get um, scam emails, and certain things that I'll let grandma and grandpa know, maybe they weren't aware of it, or grandma and me, I'll let her know about things that... Uh, hey, this has become a popular scam. Just make sure you make sure you stay away from it. But at your age, I would expect you to see win a trip to Australia. Click here. Well, yeah, sure. I would I would expect to do that. So it's important to not just talk about dangers of right. maybe it's um, uh, social media or something else, but things like that are really dangerous. Yeah, and also usually I don't usually do both things, but. If I do, I always, like, tell you first yes, before right. I do it. Right, I'm going to look up this. Or, or say, like, can I look up this? Or, right. Or I look it up with you or on. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll start to do that more as you get older for projects for school. Yeah. Like, you're doing research and things. But Those things aren't really, like, fake usually. Sometimes they are. I mean, they can be, but just, it, it can just show up. I mean, you could just be searching something and one of the sources just might not be real. So then, so we like to keep, make sure that you're informed yeah. on, on certain things. Also, when things pop up, like on the screen, you know, like when you're on like a computer and like just like, and you're, and like every just things like keep popping up all those ads, I always click X on them. Or if on the iPad it's like an update, I like ask you for Right. For right. Like exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big, big responsibility. Like, I remember when, I remember when I, when Uncle Max and I got our own phone line in the house. How old uh, I was in junior high, so anytime the phone rang, if you know it was a friend calling or I wanted to use the phone, there was one phone line. We had multiple phones, but one phone line, so only one person would be on the phone at one time. So if I wanted to talk to somebody on the phone. And grandma and grandpa were using the phone. Then I couldn't, I couldn't use the phone. Um, when did you get your actual like first phone? Good question. So I got my first cell phone summer after freshman year of college. So I did not have one freshman year of 
college. But I had one summer after freshman. I got one during that summer after freshman year of college, living in New York. And but then it wasn't a. That was just a cell phone. That was limited texting, and there was no there was no internet on the phone. I mean, now the phones are essentially a, a computer and a television in your pocket. Yeah. Then it was just a phone. I could just oh. use it to call and text. Right. That's is it. that is it like a combination of that and how, that's how they came up with telephone? That name? No. Uh, no. Or did they come up with it like from like telegraph? Basically? Uh, yeah, telegraph. Yeah. But also, do you think if they had come out earlier, the phones, you would have got one earlier? No, because cell phones were available. I just didn't have one yet. I don't, and I don't know why. I didn't even. I don't. I don't remember going to college thinking, "Oh my god, I don't have a cell phone." I don't. I don't remember that. But now I feel like if you're going to college, that's kind of a, that's like dangerous. You, you, you'd have a cell phone, yeah. Of, of course. course, yeah. But like now, that seems like impossible. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But also. One of the the dangers of the the phone and then social media also is that with that phone is a camera. So wherever you are, if you're in, in public or at a party or doing something, someone can always take a picture of you, and you don't know that they're taking a picture of you, and they get posted wherever they want. So you get caught doing something wrong. So it's. I think it's sometimes less about social media and just having your picture possibly taken all the time. Yeah. Yeah. If someone could say, hey, I have a picture of you doing this, give me this. It's called blackmail. Yeah, just another danger. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation. I love you very much. Love you.